0: It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Uh, it's game week. I, it, it took us a long time to get here from where we were, but in just a few scant days, we will actually be watching Ohio State football in the fall of 2020. Are you surprised that this has transpired, Andy Vance?
1: We, we've we made it. Like Yeah. Our long national nightmare is almost over. Yeah. I, I am almost like unsure of what to do with myself because I have (laughs) like for what months months now, months now, no football that I was personally invested in. And all of a sudden, you know, it's here and it feels kind of, I mean, it feels kind of weird, right? Because you've been watching these ball games uh, with like sort of disinterested objectivity, I guess. And sure. then now you're right back. You know, it's like I what, what's the old quote? You know, I was remind me of the Godfather, right? I, I just when I thought I was out, then they bring me back. You know, they got me back in. <laughs> so I'm pull me back in. I mean, I'm I'm jacked up about it, right? This is this is very cool and good. Uh, it's also I'm there's a part of me that's like I'm not sure how I feel about this season in general because it's going to be such a weird season in a lot of ways. You know, how many games do they end up playing? uh the fact that you know, all these other teams have a month or more of football under their belt and Ohio State's just sort of getting warmed up so we're going to be seeing you know a Buckeye team in its first game out and you're going to be maybe subconsciously comparing those them to teams that have been playing so like you know Alabama Georgia Clemson that have sure. now been playing four and five games does that you know what's that like this is just a really weird uh vibe to this but I'm yeah I'm beyond stoked uh, it's it's long past time to be watching buckeye football on saturdays instead of other random teams from conferences i'm not personally invested in
0: yeah and it's weird too because <laughs> it's it's funny to me how much ohio state football increases the viability of me sitting and devoting three hours to watching a football game that's not part of the big 10 or you know ohio state like i'll i'll On a normal college football Saturday with Ohio State, I'll watch Ohio State football. I'm like, eh, okay, you know what? West Virginia's playing Oklahoma. Let's check that out. Or I'll see Georgia playing Vanderbilt. I'm like, eh, you know, who knows what Georgia's going to do? I'll check that out. I have not cared (laughs) one whit about any of this stuff that has been going on for them. Like, you know, Georgia-Alabama, that's an important game. I'll check that out. I want to see how that transpires. But – for the most part, I've just felt so disconnected and, uh, this obviously changes a lot of that. Hey, so, and
1: here's another thing you just pointed out, I think, without really meaning to, you know, the other thing having Ohio state in the mix changes the viability for, and that's college football as a television product. So oh, there absolutely. was a, uh, I caught a tweet from sports media watch and this was, Oh, I think probably a week ago now. Uh, so through the first six weeks of the season last year so a year ago 2019 normal college football the number of college football games that had at least a three-point rating uh this is a tv rating so at least a 3.0 in the first six weeks of the season 15 games 15 yeah had cracked at least a three share right a three rating right. this year this year 2020 first six weeks of the season one that's it <laughs> one one game yeah Yeah. so so when you think about okay what's the big difference i mean big 10 football is a national tv platform and when you think about the what ohio state does look at how many times you look at tv ratings and you look at the top markets not just for ohio state games but you look at the top markets for any of the football playoff games or you know the new year's type bowl games the top markets are typically like columbus dayton you know they're right. usually two three maybe four of the top 10 markets are in ohio yep and, and that's
0: yeah and that just hasn't been part of the equation in part because you know ohio state football has not been present and it's it speaking of raise i mean we'll get into some preview here obviously because you know we're, we're coming up on game day but ohio state was killing it in the ratings even when they were playing absolute scrubs last year, that, that big noon kickoff was more successful than I think anybody could have predicted, definitely exceeded Fox's wildest dreams. For sure. And so that they put Ohio State in that noon spot as often as they possibly could because it was a ratings monster. And taking that out of the equation obviously changes everything. So that's back. I think a lot of things will change in terms of tone for college football in general anyway because, you, I mean, the Big Ten – it isn't the wealthiest conference for no reason. They they have maximized their earning potential in terms of uh, broadcasting rights and all that stuff. They know what they're doing for the most part, and I I think it just brings a different attitude, not just for us but for college football fans in general. So the the narrative will will shift. It will become more of I think a traditional season now. I know that you know the Pac twelve. It's like okay, they're still not really in it necessarily, but that's there's there. Time slot because of their location on the planet Earth (laughs) makes it (laughs) difficult for them to be part of the narrative anyway. So, Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten coming back definitely changes that. I look, I am really excited in part because I think this is an Ohio State team that is going to be really dominant in the Big Ten this year. Uh, I, I, this is a rebuilding season for a lot of the traditional powers in the Big Ten and. Ohio State, while you could argue is rebuilding in some aspects, particularly like say on defense, um, their overall talent, I, I just don't see a lot of teams in the Big Ten matching up with them. And I want to do this. I, I, as we go through kind of this preview and talking about this, I don't think we necessarily need to preview every team in the Big Ten, but I want to ask you how you think the units of Ohio State football stack up against the best of the best. So in other words – Andy, how do you feel about our defensive line compared to the rest of the Big Ten? How do you feel about the offensive line, special teams, et cetera? And I want to start off, this is an easy one, right? I, I have to believe that Justin Fields is absolutely the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't think there's really any comparison whatsoever. Or you can look at maybe some of the other, like, I don't I mean is there anybody who even remotely compares to him right now in the Big Ten, or is he just like no, that much better than everybody else? No, not not in the not on the defense at all, or
1: not in, not in the the conference at all. Uh, you know, there you're talking about comparisons
0: to what two, maybe three quarterbacks nationally. Right? Uh, Who's the second best? It's got to be Tanner Morgan, right? Like the, Tanner Morgan is good. I think he's legit, but it's not he's not Justin Fields. Johnny, I think I'd struggle to name five other
1: quarterbacks in the Big Ten. <laughs> I, I you know, I mean, like you're talking about a bunch of journeymen, uh, you know, kind of uh, nine to five ham and eggers to yeah, go back you and really are. But Bobby the brain heenan, you know, it's just not it's not a position where the Big Ten is loaded for bear this season. It's just not right. Uh yeah, I I I think Justin Fields is in a class by himself among
0: quarterbacks in the conference right and so I guess what I'm saying with that is to me this is this is part of my argument this is me building my case for Ohio State just really going to be dominant this year it starts with Justin Fields and the fact that he is so much better than everybody else in the Big Ten and it it really isn't close I mean again I think Tanner look I think that dude is good I, I seriously I think Tanner Morgan is a legit Football player, I think he makes Minnesota a lot better. He's not Justin Fields and what Jack Cohn, right? (laughs) Like Wisconsin, like no. I mean, Michigan's got Joe. I you're right. There's just so many like journeyman guys who just, you know, it, it is. It's it's kind of ridiculous. And he Justin Fields is the kind of athlete and kind of player that can just absolutely win a game by himself there's nobody else like that in the Big Ten now the worry of course for Ohio State is if you have him get injured at some point if something else happens and then you don't have a lot of you know experience behind the guy you're, you're really gonna you know kind of rely on some people who have not uh had a whole lot if any uh college experience CJ Stroud I think is I like I like CJ Stroud just based on kind of his film and whatnot but you know it's a coin flip right like you don't know what you're getting behind him so yeah this um, is a
1: very different room from the days when you were like eh, we don't we, we don't have backups we just have more starters you know it's yeah. not a it's not a Braxton to Barrett to to Cardale sort of scenario you're envisioning here although in well, we fairness, didn't know we had that until nobody thought that it. then either you know right. it's like we look back and are like oh sure it was fine uh your you know your scenarios either a fifth year senior who has you know about as much playing time as you do, and then you've got a couple of uh, yeah freshmen who you think are probably right. going to be pretty great, but eh, who knows and besides, you don't want to throw them into the into the gaping mall of the dragon if you don't have to like you you're hoping hoping Justin Fields, a potential Heisman contender uh, can stay upright, mobile, and healthy all season long and particularly you know when there's now you're not only this season you're not only worried about his health on the field and uh right. but his health off the field with uh, the the viral concerns so yeah fingers double crossed cross because one of your your biggest strengths as a team is also one of your biggest vulnerabilities
0: because of the depth concerns right and the other thing that i would say that may Normally I would be really nervous about something like that, but this offensive line seems like it is pretty – I wouldn't say easily. I mean, as we've seen in some of these games, there are definitely some other teams that are pretty damn legit on the offensive line. I mean, Clemson, obviously, and Alabama come to mind. But um, this has got the potential to be one of the best offensive lines that Ohio State has had in a very long time. And when you bring back guys, you know, that you were worried that you're going to lose, and you know, like Wyatt, um this is solid and I don't know that they're as deep as they have been in some years past and maybe depth is going to be an ongoing concern for Ohio State in general this is I am really excited about the offensive line in general in part because I I don't think and we'll get to this in a second I don't think this is going to be a big time running team I think this is going to be a pass blocking team that needs to figure out how to keep him uh keep Justin Fields upright I think they're going to be able to do it I think he's going to pass for a crap ton of yards so all of these guys working together, Thayer, Munford, um, you know, DeWan Jones hopefully can get in. Uh, Big <laughs> the mountain of a man. Uh, I, I just think – I'm excited for it. They've got a lot of options, and I think they're going to do a really good job of uh, keeping Justin Fields' shirt clean. Uh, he's going to throw for a gajillion yards. I really believe that.
1: And this is really – I mean, that's probably the position group where you think Ohio State is best positioned in terms of depth, right? Like this yes. is probably the unit – you probably get pretty great um, depth and linebacker, decent depth at defensive end, but really you got to feel pretty strong about this O line because you you've got at least two really sharp guys at every spot on the line, um, and 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 you love that in this scenario particularly because as has been said for many years, this is an offensive line driven program, right? So right, and I don't know how I feel. I mean, I agree with you; Fields going to uh, pass for a bunch of yards, but. I'm kind of excited about a uh, couple of the running backs because I think, you know, what does Trey Sermon bring to the program? That was something that people were excited about when, when he transferred from Oklahoma, uh, you know, Master Teague. I think, I think you've got some guys who could – are they going to be Ezekiel Elliott? Are they going to be J.K. Dobbins? Well, I don't know. Probably not. But Ohio State has potential because of that offensive line to be a hell of a running program if they want to be. And And the thing about that too – you know they can if they need to. Like right. that's, that's the thing. When you've got the kind of line, talent, and depth, if they need to get yards on the ground and, and grind down a clock for some reason. But the other, the other thing I think you're right to point out about Fields passing a lot, this is also going to be a team that's going to be trying to put a lot of points on the board because mm-hmm. even subconsciously they're going to be playing up against this notion that you've got teams like uh, Alabama and Clemson who are going to have a whole lot of footage uh, because they've been playing for four, five, six weeks. And Ohio State's going to be, like, subconsciously thinking they have no room for error getting into the college football playoff with a shortened schedule.
0: I Yeah, and and maybe that's why I think, you know, you're going to see more of a passing game. But I, I will be honest with you, and this is the part of the team that I am a little trepidatious about. And I – Think a lot of Ohio State fans are expecting more of Trey Sermon and, and you know Master Teague and some of the other guys than maybe they will actually deliver. I, I am not super convinced um, that they are going to be the kind of replacement for J.K. Dobbins that people maybe expect, and that's they don't they don't have to be right. J.K. Dobbins set the Ohio State rushing record last season with really not as nearly as much fanfare as I would have hoped he would have received, um, but he was. Amazing, he was incredible last year, and I personally like. You're going to see maybe more of a, you know, like Antonio Pittman kind of year, in my opinion, uh, in terms of like total yardage, than you might see out of it than a J.K. Dobbins type year. Because I just, I don't, I don't necessarily trust Trey Sermon to stay upright for the entire season. He's at, got a history of injuries. I don't think Master Teague is quite as shifty, whereas you know, versatile, as you saw J.K. Dobbins. You're gonna, I think you're going to get yards, but really, to me, this is going to be a compliment to the passing game. And I, I, I think Ryan Day knows that. Um, and when you've got so many weapons at wide receiver, I mean, not – yeah, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, yes, fine. But, like, li- literally everybody else on the roster is capable of being a game-breaker. Um, to say – no, I mean, Jeremy Rucker, I think, is a legit player, too. It, I just – there's so much talent in the passing game um i really think that's where they gotta that's their strength and i think ryan day is gonna play to that
1: how many how many carries a game does justin fields end up with on average that's a good question
0: um i think the i think they'll still utilize him to keep defenses honest he's he's too fast and talented for them not to do you know, some kind of, like, action in the in the passing game. But it, I think it'll come out more like play action stuff where he sees the coverage, and he's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I got 15 yards here, and then he takes it. I don't know that they're going to do a whole lot of, you know, planned quarterback keepers or, you know, read option type stuff. I, I don't really going
1: to be QB number one when we just right. we're talking about the depth question.
0: Yeah, especially early. I mean, the, you know, it's a shortened season, but, you know, we were asking – we were talking about this, uh, on the no cap thing, but, uh, you know, one of the bold predictions for this season was that Justin Fields was going to have the most amount of rushing touchdowns uh, on the Ohio state roster. I, I actually agree with that if only because I think it's going to be split among several players mm-hmm. and yeah, he, they might sneak them when they get down close to the, the goal line. But I also think he's just going to break a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of, rollouts play action that kind of stuff and and he's super dangerous in that respect i just think people might have forgotten that so i yeah i don't think he's gonna do a lot of playing stuff i think maybe five or seven carries per game is probably what you'll see out of him Mm -hmm. Uh, not including you know things like sacks or whatever but i you know the idea that he might be doing it 15 17 times a game that's crazy there's no way in hell that's gonna happen um we we certainly hope not yeah. And I, I hope not. that was, yeah, I, I don't want to see that. I mean, I, I think it's fun when quarterbacks run the ball. It, it's something that it, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the kind of football I enjoy watching, but I really don't think that's what Justin Fields needs to do. I think the guy is just too damn accurate, too damn good at making uh, decisions to um, to be used in that fashion. I, I, you got to You got to bump up the running game. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch um you know it's the offense really they're competing against two other teams right you're really competing against clemson and alabama and the the hope is is that you're able to put up more points than they can score right like in a shootout situation like you're not really worried about i think and especially in a season like this i don't think you're going to see a ton of big time defensive struggles um I think this is a season where everybody's going to just kind of let it fly and you want to be able to put up points quickly. So, again, I, I think this is going to be a season that looks more like when Dwayne Haskins was the starting quarterback. Maybe not that crazy, right, where you're throwing 60 times a game. But I think this is going to be a more passing-oriented offense that wants to score points in bunches quickly um, and not necessarily controlling the clock. So I don't know, and and I the offense is suited to do that. I I, I really think that. I I think this is going to be say nothing about the Big Ten. I don't think the Big Ten can handle this team at all offensively, um, but nationally they're going to try to make waves. And as you said, you want to you want to impress voters here, and that's what they're going to do. So, um, and I'm excited about it. I, I'm the defense here's here's the thing you're losing a lot on defense more than I think people would expect but of course you've got Sean Wade coming back that's a huge deal that solidifies the secondary how are you feeling Andy about the defensive line because Zach Harrison a lot of people been talking about okay he's a new guy he's the next new hotness right He got three and a half sacks he's gonna make that jump to ten and a half or something like that how confident are you in the defensive line uh this season
1: well i think you know i think at defensive end that's another position i I really appreciated Collins look um probably a week ago at the depth ohio state fields at each position group and defensive end is one that he called out as as a group where you have a lot of depth because you've got harrison cooper smith uh tyler friday and javante jean baptiste you know and then and that's just the the kind of the returners plus when you've got some red shirts and and freshmen coming in. I mean there's just a lot of depth uh five deep. I think Colin says at defensive end with five edge rushers. Yeah, who are really high quality. I mean probably guys who are top of the depth chart anywhere other than Ohio State. So that's pretty great. Now the question is what's the depth look like then? What what do they do at the defensive tackle spot? Cuz you basically got uh you know uh, a nose tackle uh in um tommy and i'm always i'm always afraid oh yeah the butcher tommy's last name i feel terrible about that uh but there's just not a lot of depth there so here's where i just rely on larry johnson because he's been a jedi master at (laughs) at making this defensive line the best in the big 10 consistently year in and year out so I'm just sort of kind of blindly thinking Larry Johnson is going to make magic happen again and it'll be great. It'll be great. But that's, but that's the, that's the concern. I mean, I think defensive end is fine. It's what happens in the middle.
0: Yeah. And Tommy, so Tommy Togia is really like, he is the linchpin of all of this and I think he's a good player, but he also doesn't have a ton of action, honestly. I mean, he's, he's not a guy who really has like the starting moniker on him he's not a person that they're like okay this is a returning starter we know he's going to be the person to anchor this defensive line he doesn't have that yet I think he's capable of that but it's also something that he's going to have to like prove over the course of this shortened season and that's he is going to be tested I also think because of that the linebackers are going to be tested um it's a decent group but it's a weird group you know (laughs) like there's And and Toronto and
1: Haskell Garrett's, you know, those are guys who have been sidelined with injuries too. Or or this might be, you know, this might be an easier conversation to have. Except, you know, two-year blue chippers are uh, battling back from injuries, so they may not be ready to go.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's something that you're going to have to really kind of factor into everything there's talent though i mean pete you know pete werner a lot of people don't for whatever reason underestimate his skills or don't think he's that great he's he's legit um yeah he's legit yeah i think browning you know can be a really good player but has to i think he's got to get better at the mental aspect of the game we've seen some you know points where he's been woefully out of position so so I, I'm okay with the linebackers. Like I, I think there's I think there's a lot of tep, of
1: of talent, depth uh, and experience there. You know that's a yeah. that's a more experienced unit. It's come a long way, really. You know to being one of the strengths of of the unit. I'm a lot more concerned about what things look like. You know in the backfield. Uh, you know how are uh, what what are we going to do? Cornerback is that is there enough depth there? You've got you've got you know Sean Wade came back. Thank goodness. Yeah, um, you know, seven banks. Those guys are going to be great. I'm just, I'm curious to see. There it feels like there's a lot of, of youth in the rotation there potentially, and and what happens, you know, after Wade, you know, who else is there that steps up and really becomes household names? I mean, there've just been draft pick after draft pick after draft pick coming from uh, the defensive backs. Is that going to continue? Can they continue to put out the kind of
0: production that we've come to expect from DBU? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I I hope that they're able to do that. I hope that Kerry Holmes is able to, you know, coach these guys up. And there's obviously talent there. I mean, nobody's denying the level of athlete and player that's been recruited to come to Ohio State. But depth is an issue. And I, this is what I'm talking about, again, with the, the whole passing game thing and, and putting up, you know, points in bunches. I really think that you're going to see – You're going to see some breakdowns, I think, early in terms of Ohio State's offense. And part of the reason why I think Ohio State's going to have so much success against the rest of the Big Ten is I don't know that a lot of teams are built to take advantage of that. Um, And honestly, not the teams that Ohio State's going to be playing. (laughs) Like Their schedule, the teams that they're playing are not going to be able to be like, oh, okay, well, there's a defensive breakdown. Let's put up 30 points. I, I I don't see that happening. Um, but that's something that they're going to have to really lock down as the season progresses because if they get into the college football playoff and all this you know other stuff, they will face teams that can make them pay uh i The good news is is that I don't think that they have to worry about that too much uh over the course of this big ten season so
1: although they're going to have to figure it out i mean pretty quickly in that game two is a doozy you know at
0: Penn State like that it is. That's that's not a gimme. Um, it's definitely not a gimme. I just don't see Penn State. That's the thing, man. I, and this is what the next thing I want to talk about. Like, who do you think – you know, we've talked about Ohio State, and I'm sure everybody's, like, read the previews and whatnot. Who do you really think is the biggest threat to Ohio State this season in the Big Ten? I mean it's I mean it's Penn State. It, it it has and that's just because
1: I don't take Michigan seriously for a variety right. of reasons <laughs> some of some of which you uh, outlined in this week's threat level column which is always one of my favorite pieces of appointment <laughs> reading at 11warriors.com yeah. a fine website our listeners should uh, should frequent. I mean I just look at at, at the middle of that schedule and okay you've, you've got Nebraska which again should be a great opening game for Ohio State. They've averaged about seven thousand points against the Cornhuskers over the last uh, five six years, so I I don't see that changing at all uh, in any way shape or form. I think um, Scott Frost comes into Columbus knowing his teams. You know, Mark I think Bavada's got him at uh, twenty seven point favorites <laughs> as mm-hmm. of today. So you know, everyone's expecting it to be a shelling, and and I concur with that. But next week, then, I mean, you know, you're jumping right into the meat of the schedule, so to speak. You know, in in week two, like it's not. This is not Akron, you know, Akron or Youngstown State or something that we're bringing in for a bye game. It's, it's big boy football. Now right. after that, you know, it's a four week four week bye: <laughs> Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois. Um, before you get to Michigan State, okay, I I don't know what to think about Michigan State, at this point. I mean, you'd say if it was Mark D'Antonio, he's always seems to find a way. Um, but totally new program up there with Mel Tucker, and I think that'll be interesting. And then Michigan. So, I mean, it's really a I mean, it's a pretty favorable schedule for the Buckeyes, and I don't see any of those teams other than Penn State really stepping to the line and
0: making the Buckeyes think. Right. I here's the thing about Penn State. I, I don't trust Sean Clifford. I don't trust their quarterback. I think they have a lot of talent in the offensive line. I think they have a really great tight end core right like they have a lot of people at tight end who can who can make you pay um I'm not super I guess I don't I don't know I mean journey brown look <laughs> I I want to believe in this guy I, I I have seen him like do some incredible amazing things um I, I I, he doesn't scare me for whatever reason. I Maybe that's famous last words. I don't know. But I almost get the same kind of situation that I did, um, you know, when other Penn State and Wisconsin and some of these other running backs have come out. I'm like, I don't I, – to me, it just doesn't seem consistent enough uh, for me to uh, – I don't know, to be super threatened by it. I The biggest thing about Penn State is that they have to figure out a way to um, – like I said, kind of keep pace with Ohio State. I don't think they can. I don't think they have the ability to do that because they don't have a quarterback that can consistently throw the ball for you know, 15, 20 yards and get you know yards and chunks and points. I, I just don't see that from them. And while I think they're really good, I think it's definitely a top-10 team, um, they're not built the same way Ohio State is. And I – I, I, I'm i not worried about that game. I'm just not worried about it. Now, maybe that'll change after the first week of games and, you know, they they come out and they score 70 points or something like that. I, I just yeah. don't think they're built to play against a team like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were built, you know, to play against a team like Ohio State, like, you know, three years ago or something like that, um, you know, where they're not scoring 50 points. But this is, to me, this is going to be a really high-flying, high-scoring Ohio State team. And I just – Penn State is the most – Threatening team in the Big Ten, but the second week, I just don't think they're going to be ready for them. And I think Ohio State's going to win pretty easily.
1: Yeah, Bavada's got Ohio State's win total at uh, the the over at eight and a half. Okay. Uh, So that's that's pretty. (laughs) All right. That seems Uh, good. (laughs) Seems good. They've got, I mean, Penn State's, I'm looking here to see what Penn State's uh, win total is because I'm curious, curious to see where the line is uh i'm not finding that right away but but yeah uh, ohio state at eight and a half you got to feel pretty good because hmm, it's pretty much the whole schedule right
0: yeah well and right and then you've got you know the the big 10 championship game which assuming they're they're into that they <laughs> still thinks they have a pretty good shot at winning yep um i so do you? I mean, how confident are you that Ohio State gets to that Big Ten championship game? How do you? How do you feel about that? Are yeah. you? I mean, I gotta believe that that's that. It's it's championship or bust for Ohio State. It is,
1: yeah, for sure, it is. And and I mean, I think there's the great challenge, right? Because it's championship or bust, and everybody knows it. Yeah. Uh, that that you know, this is there is no kind of cutesy pooing around about. Oh, you know, it's one, one game at a time. It's you know, put your pants on. One leg at a time, and so oh, it's you know just uh, one game season this sort of thing. No, 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 no. It's national title or bust, really. Uh, I mean, that's what that's what these guys come back for, right? That's um, right. You know, why why Sean Wade back. It's because he's one to go after a national title. So you know, I think there's the challenge for Ryan Day and his staff in keeping everyone focused on the task at hand and not the task. Uh, and you just, I mean, you really do have to win one game at a time. But, the, but fortunately, the Schedule is super favorable in that regard. The thing, you, the thing you hope is they don't try too hard, I guess, in a sense. You know, just let it, just let it come naturally. Um, you know, play the game that's in front of you. And don't feel like, oh, we have to beat Nebraska 63 to nothing. Uh, it'd be great if you do. <laughs> Which I mean, they might, honestly. I mean, I mean, it'd be great if you do. I think we'll all be super happy. But, like, I hope they're not trying to force that. Just go out and, and develop because you got there, – there's a lot of growth and learning that, that needs to happen in a short period of time. Um, you know not to mention the fact that these guys have only been practicing in pads for you know a very short period of time relatively speaking I, but I feel really confident they're going to get to the Big Ten title game they're going to play Wisconsin and they're going to win it like it's just I don't have a whole lot of doubt in my mind about that barring something really crazy like oh three quarters of the team comes down with COVID in week six you know of, of this new sh- season and Something horrible happens to a key player, or you know whatever else. Like barring something like that, yeah, you know, they've got the talent. They've certainly got the the, the best coach in the conference. Uh, they've got all the pieces and parts. It's a championship so,
0: caliber team. I agree, and it starts with this weekend against Nebraska what, right now, Ohio State's like closing in on being a thirty point favorite
1: i think twenty twenty seven uh when I checked bovada ahead of ahead of uh recording time, so
0: <laughs> so there you go. It's almost a four touchdown favorite. Do you think they cover? yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. honestly absolutely. I mean if I go back and I look at the history like I, mean, I kind of joked earlier. I said, you know, they've beat them by an average of about 7,000 points, but I mean, it's been a brutal series it's
0: been awful
1: for the Huskers, right? Like if I, you go back um, and this was, this was one of the things I loved in uh, Dan's preview. You know, you go back and look at 48 to seven a year ago in Lincoln, 36, 31 in 2018. I mean, that, that was a nail biter. But 56-14 in Lincoln in 17, 62-3 in 2016, 63-38 in 2012. I mean, so, you know, for a full decade now, you've got two games. You know, Nebraska won in 2011, 34-27. We've all kind of forgotten that, and that's really the only time that's ever happened. Right. But but over the last decade, I mean, you, you've scored 50-plus on them, three out of the last six. And, and the one that wasn't was like 48, you know, so you've had no trouble with the black shirts whatsoever. Yeah. And as long as the, you know, the defense holds up at all, for the most part, you've held them to under two touchdowns.
0: Well, and here's the thing. I don't really, I, I'm not the kind of person that kind of buys into, okay, well past performance, you know, yeah, no, predicts sure. what's going to happen. But th- the truth is the rest is bad. <laughs> this season. They're not good. I don't know what they necessarily expected Scott Frost to be able to do, or what he should be doing, or what he hasn't. You know, all three losing seasons—that's one thing, right? And and I don't know, I don't know what he could be doing differently. I haven't been following Nebraska football that closely. I don't, I, you know, I I don't know how I could critique Scott Frost's performance uh, to this point. Uh, but I just know that he hasn't produced, and I know that Nebraska basically looks the same as they did last year, which is the same as they looked at, you know, the year before that and so on. And I just, I have no faith that this is going to be a game. And usually I'm not this kind of cocky. I'm not the kind of guy who comes out and says, okay, Ohio State's just going to roll everybody. But I haven't seen anything from these teams either leading up to the season or results of last season um, that indicates that things have changed right that things have significantly changed for some of these teams to where we're going okay this player can definitely change how i perceive this team journey brown might be a player like that he came on really strong at the end of last season you know had a couple 200 yard games did some really great things you don't see that from nebraska i haven't seen that from nebraska i don't think i will see that from nebraska and unless he's unless scott frost is hiding something crazy I simply just don't see anything threatening about the Cornhuskers. So yeah, I think it's entirely possible they cover that. <laughs> that's four touchdowns. That's definitely doable for Ohio State. Yeah, I um, feel the like Saturday. the thing Frost's got to figure out is,
1: is what his team's identity is. Because if you look at yes, you know, I, I look at a team like a Wisconsin, for example, and you say Wisconsin is not Ohio State. They don't rec- right. they, they don't get the same. Uh, talent Ohio State does at it, it several different positions you know they're not drawing in top recruits um, frequently but but they have a clear identity and they execute it extremely well and it wins them a lot of football games and I think that's one of those things like you have to and, it, and probably if I'm frosty I'm going back and saying okay we're the black shirts like that's that's the identity and you you need to recruit uh, and and build like this just back-breaking bone-crushing defense because then that 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 draws you know like once you've got an identity like that Because you think about if you're a top tier offensive lineman uh, or or a big time running back wisconsin appeals to you because of that identity you know you're going to be able to make a star for yourself because people know what to expect from those programs are you winning national titles not necessarily but if you were to go play in the league as an offensive lineman you do worse Than thinking about playing at Wisconsin. I mean, because this all comes back to talent, right? Everything rises Mm -hmm. and falls on recruiting. And Nebraska's got some challenges there. There just aren't a bajillion five-star recruits in the state of Nebraska or in the contiguous states around it where they might naturally draw from. So you're gonna have to be more national uh, you know, in your recruiting scope. And to do that, you've got to have some brand cachet. And unfortunately, the last time Nebraska won a national championship, you know, most of the recruits' parents were in short socks you know it's been a long long time
0: yeah it has and i mean look you look at their i think it starts with their quarterback you know adrian martinez (laughs) a lot of people keep waiting for this guy to break out and and be good and and instead he's just kind of regressed and gotten worse and worse and it's without a starting quarterback without somebody to kind of you know run whatever i think scott frost is doing they've you know they've got a new offensive coordinator I I just don't see them making the kind of improvement uh, that they have to. So, yeah, I, this weekend, I, you know, this is going to be a fun weekend for a lot of reasons because you're going to see Ohio State football finally on the field. I also think they're just going to be the absolute hell out of the Cornhuskers. I just I – don't, I don't see this as much of a, um, a challenge. I, I think it's going to be kind of a warm-up for Penn State. And that's the other – I mean, obviously you're going to keep an eye on them as well and see how they're doing. I want, to, I want to end with this, all right? Let's, we, we talked about the, the present and then the future. Let's talk about the far future. Um, give me a prediction here, okay? Who do you think Ohio State plays? Like, assuming we both believe that they'll make the Big Ten Championship. Yes. Who do you think they play in the Big Ten Championship, and uh, do they win?
1: They play Wisconsin, and they win. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there are a couple other teams that you might pick in the West – uh you know I, I i'm okay saying row the boat but i yeah. just think i think wisconsin they're the class of the west uh they, they they really are and for a lot of reasons you know i talked about earlier their identity they've been there they you know they've got what it takes iowa has got so many issues right now off the field you know oh, they're God, yeah the, the distractions are, so it's not going to be there i mean you just start going through process of elimination so it's either going to be it's either going to be row the boat or or Wisconsin. And I just think I'd put my my faith in the Badgers.
0: What about you? I think it's going to be Minnesota. I really do. And and here's the thing. I know people look at Wisconsin and they go, Well, it's Wisconsin. We don't know who the running back's going to be. We know the offensive line's going to be good. Quarterback is going to be, you know, the 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 Wisconsin quarterback that they grow in vats and that they just yeah. like kind of release into the wild. Every I don't need to years. know his
1: name. He's going to do his job. It's going to be you fine. Know,
0: Yes, you know what he looks like. You know, I was going to throw. You know what he's going to do. It's he's the he's Wisconsin quarterback. Capital W, capital Q. You know that's what they um, should
1: do. Like how the Washington uh, the the Washington football team is now a thing right. in the NFL. Right, that's right. The Wisconsin quarterback. That's that's yes. that that's his name. Just from now on.
0: Right. So Wisconsin, I I will say that, you know, Wisconsin kind of lives and dies on the running game. I don't think it's going to be quite as good. And I really think that Minnesota um, is going to, they're going to keep improving. And I, I believe, you know, again, I I've done this before where I <laughs> believe in a player and then the player completely fails me Um But I I do believe in Tanner Morgan. I think he's a legit quarterback. And I think that they'll be the team that Ohio State plays in the championship. Ohio State, if I were to put them right now against Ohio State, Ohio State beats Minnesota. I will be extremely interested to see what both teams look like at the end of this season. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to get any worse. As long as the injuries stay fine, Ohio State's going to be better and better and better. I am curious to see how much better Minnesota gets. I don't think they're necessarily going to be good enough to beat Ohio State by the end of the season. I think they're going to be a much more interesting team than people expect. And I don't know. I mean, again, this is this is one of those situations where you're kind of looking for a team to make a leap that they may never actually accomplish. But I think they're going to be legit, and I think they may end up being the second-best team in the, uh, in the conference by the end of the season. Yeah, and this um, gets so
1: tough because – Normally I'd like to say, go back and look at the data. And so, you know, out of, uh, out of habit or reflex, I, uh, I went to SP plus to see what the data might tell me. And Then I to sure. myself, that's so weird looking at those data points because those data points are essentially For Big Ten teams, you know, last year's or or preseason data points this year, so I don't know that they mean anything to me right now. Right. uh, Unbeaten Ohio State is still at the top of the SB Plus rankings, of course. Uh, But you know, Wisconsin's number six, Mm -hmm. and and the Golden Gophers are number sixteen. But you know, again, I I don't know what I think about this. So I'm like, all right, well, what do the poll voters say? Maybe maybe those sages of the Associated Press have uh, put a lot more research into this than I have. You know, they've got Wisconsin at fourteen and Minnesota at twenty-one. And again, I don't know that that tells me anything really. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know that no any more than than uh, my esteemed co-host uh, knows. And so, I, I I find I find Minnesota to be an interesting team for a lot of reasons. and and, and I've got to get. Uh, give credit to fleck for what he's done to reinvigorate that program although jerry kill left him in a pretty good situation I like we all like jerry kill and respected mm-hmm. what he did in minnesota but uh yeah i i think you could make a case either way and and so we'll we'll see uh which one of those teams wrestles away uh their are which are they are they floyd of rosedale no floyd is uh that's minnesota iowa what's their what's their uh rivalry trophy because they have oh, are you
0: talking about minnesota and, and wisconsin yeah what's their rivalry trophy oh god is
1: that paul bunyan's axe yeah it might be yeah that's yeah right. i think like, that's I, what it is i started to say you know whoever wins floyd or i'm like no wait 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 wrong wrong regional that's right. rivalry trophy i'm floyd, pretty sure it's my bunyan's favorite because it's a big
0: pig a big pig you know it's, i mean it's fantastic i mean the, <laughs> the not, only the only thing that compete with a big pig is either a bucket or a wooden turtle. <laughs> I was going to say it's not it's not cool like the illa buck, but it's, that's right. It's right up there. Uh, by the way, I mentioned Minnesota in part because I love to shoehorn the fact that Michigan, which is always there, gets to play Minnesota in the first game. And I I want to tell you something. I think Michigan is going to get annihilated. <laughs> by Minnesota I don't think they're ready I don't think they have a good running game I don't think they have a good passing game I think their quarterback is completely in over his head their defense is decent but they I man I truly believe and I truly hope because it would be funny to me but I really think that Minnesota is going to you know just annihilate the wolverines on saturday well so um, that,
1: i mean how many what, what what's your projection as the resident expert on all things maize and blue yeah
0: <laughs> how many games
1: I, do the fighting Harvalls win this season
0: oh i think i think it's possible they it de, depending on how snarky i want to be and I was reading a bunch of previews and stuff, you know, for threat level, which you wouldn't expect that I actually do some research for that, which I I do do some, I will say that I do occasionally a little bit of research for threat level. Yes. Um, Most of the, the Michigan writers and whatnot are thinking five and three. I think that's possible. I actually think four and four might even be more realistic. Bob
1: has got the over at five and a half.
0: Yeah. I think that's high. I I just, I think they're going to lose a couple early and they're definitely losing to Ohio state. I just don't see any way they beat Ohio state. And um, yeah, I mean, all you need is one more loss. And I think that's entirely possible. The thing is, is that, you know, the the line
1: for Minnesota, by the way, is six, just as a point of comparison, right? Yeah. Right. When, you know, six, six wins uh, for Minnesota, five and a half for Michigan. Oh my, how the mighty have fallen.
0: Yeah. And, and so, I, you know, mission come out and surprise me, but Harbaugh's biggest thing that hurts him and what we have talked about before is just his lack of ability to develop these quarterbacks that he's had. Yeah. And Shea Patterson comes in. He's supposed to be this fun-slinging guy from the South, and he's going to throw for a gajillion yards, and it's all going to be great, 50 touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. And that obviously never pans out. That never happens. They never figure out a way to fully integrate him into the offense. He struggles figuring out – you know, what his primary receiver is going to be. And it just seems like it changes from week to week what their actual offensive game plan is. Um, and it just never works out. And now you've got this guy who's come in, Joe Milton, who has a rocket arm. This guy can throw it a country mile. But what, like 11, 12 actual passing attempts in college football? And now you're in the weirdest possible situation. This is where you want consistency and, and veteran, you know, leadership at the quarterback position. Michigan has none of that. Uh, they lost Dylan McCaffrey. He's he's you know dipsy doodle. He's out. So I you know I I see this setting up for something really unfortunate for Michigan fans. And I recommend that people check it out and watch it <laughs> at uh, what seven thirty Eastern I think uh, on Saturday. it's wild that that's a night game. Um, yes, and I get, even I get, worse. I, I, I get Michigan. why
1: uh, the Ohio State Nebraska game. Back to your comment about the big the big noon game uh, is going to be the the show. Piece, yeah, or Fox's Big Noon, uh, and so it's a night game. It's at Minnesota. Yep, you know, so I'm a little, I'm a little puzzled that Michigan's still three and a half point favorites there. I, I mean, I, think I don't that think could, they should be. I think it's dumb as hell, and they're, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, that's all to me. That feels like all brand. Uh, <laughs> it's so stupid. So I mean, I would be, I would be happy to laugh like a buffoon uh, at at PJ Fleck rowing the boat all over yeah. Jim Harbaugh. That, 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 that'd be a hoot.
0: Yeah. Let's see that. I think, I think it'll be fun. And I hope, I hope that happens. And I hope, you know, I want Minnesota. Minnesota is one of those teams that I can root for that I feel yeah, like sure. that I, you know, as much as I'm morally obligated to hate every other team in the big 10, I mean, there is no big 10 conference pride. Screw that. I, I do enjoy when Minnesota is successful in general, because, you know, it's, I know the narrative doesn't really match up with the reality. Minnesota is one of the largest universities in the entire country. Like I'm pretty sure they have even more undergrads than Ohio state does. It's not like this is a tiny little school just struggling for recognition. They they're pretty damn big. Um, But the narrative around them is, is definitely that of, okay, row the boat land of 10,000 lakes. This isn't, you know, this, this is a small potatoes kind of school that just trying to make it big and doing their best. And I want to see them do their best. I want to see teams like that come out and, you know, make some national noise. You know, so. speaking of people that you could root
1: for, I I can't believe when we were talking about the Nebraska game, we we kind of let this go. Uh but there's a player on Nebraska that that I think uh, many of us are are rooting for or or will be at least after uh Saturday's game is over. Uh and so I didn't know this prior to kind of studying up for week 1 here. Mm -hmm. and and a little known fact people may not be aware of this but kurt warner the the legendary uh former nfl quarterback super bowl winning quarterback his Mm -hmm. son apparently is a wide receiver at nebraska oh all right so so Cade warner um and here's here's why i think uh aside from the fact that i enjoyed watching kurt warner play in the league so if you picture kurt warner because because uh looks like his dad so if you picture kurt warner with an old time like Western movie villain mustache. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Like, like the, if if the guy that has tied the damsel in distress to the railroad. Yeah, uh, he's tracks, got the snidely you know,
0: Whiplash stash. Yes. There. Yes, the
1: snidely Whiplash mustache. So that's so if you picture Kurt Warner with that stash, that that is Cade Warner. Uh and apparently he's a standout wide receiver for for the fight and frost. Uh, that's right. And, what was and,
0: what was his quote about his mustache? It was like, I don't think it looks good. I think it looks funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I, I'm like, I hate hey, I'm, I'm I'm here to stand for this. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So you do you, young fellow. And you know what? We're all talking about it. So it's obviously working for your hashtag brand.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. And I, I kind of wish he wasn't on Nebraska and maybe on a team that will actually see some success. Well, but. you know, Scott
1: Frost said uh, he will root for Ohio State because Ohio State saved college football this season. He right. will root for the Buckeyes every game but one. And I would say, Cade Warner, I will root for you every game but one this
0: season as well. Their turnabout is fair play. Fair Good enough. Week. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, that's this is uh, this is going to be a fun season. And really, the Big Ten – we touch on it every week during football season, but it's different than the other conferences. Not in the sense that it just means more screw that everybody wants to win. Everybody's invested in it. The big 10 is weird. And there's a lot of goofy fun personalities that other conferences don't have. The sec is corporate as hell. Everybody's wearing, you know, like slacks and, you know, sun dresses, these freaking games, big 10 shows up eating dilly bars and, goofy mustaches and we've got insane trophies and that that is what the soul of college football is and that's why it's fun to watch big 10 football more so than other leagues because it's goofy as hell and you don't know what's going to happen and some teams are just utter trash and it's fun to crap on them when they're terrible and there are other like blue bloods that are super area there's just so much going on in the big 10 that i don't think you see in other conferences Um, and of course you've got the one big team that kind of looms over everything, which we happen to root for. And, um, it's just going to be fun, man. I'm excited for it. I hope everything goes well. I hope COVID cases stay down, um, at least amongst the teams, because in real life, it doesn't seem like that's happening, but hopefully we can get that down too. Um, and things go smoothly through December. So I'm just, I'm excited. I know we're both excited. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, but the, it finally feels like football is officially back and everything else, you know, just kind of feels like prologue. Honestly, I I know Ohio state's got some games behind, right? Like they're not going to have nearly as many as, um, uh, you know, these other teams. I don't think it matters because now football can officially start and I'm excited for that. So, uh, so hopefully this, this turns out okay. We'll, we'll give kind of our game predictions in terms of score here, uh, exact scores Andy. we can't do generalities here. We got We got to give people some betting lines. We'll do that at the end of uh, the Dubcast. Uh, just want to remind you that Dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com com. tat stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Let's do some ask us anything. We have a really good question here from Aaron. Uh, Aaron sent us his question via uh, email. So Dubcast at 11warriors.com D U B C A S T at 11 And Aaron wants to know, do you think the big 10 will continue having all 14 teams play on championship week in the future, schedule eight conference games, three non-conference games? Um, So for those of you who are not aware, the big 10 is having, you know, this crazy football extravaganza kind of leading up to the championship game where every team is going to play this ninth game, regardless of, you know, what their record was during the regular season And it's we're gonna we're gonna rank these suckers. We're gonna figure out exactly who's the worst team. We're gonna figure out exactly who's the second best or the third best team and the fourth best team and so on and so forth. I'm really excited for it. Andy, do you think that's something that's gonna continue uh on into the future?
1: I hope so. To me, this is one of the absolute best silver linings to come out of the weird, wacky cluster blankety blank that was the Big Ten fumbling its way through this weird COVID offseason when they rolled that out I was like you know what I'm I'm willing to forgive how bloody incompetent you all were at the rollout of of what was a aborted then reinstated season I hope that it it stays like I'm anticipating that it's going to be really cool and the only way that it could be even better is if we were playing for relegation in like that 13-14 <laughs> game, you know, like that's, yeah. that, that's, that's when it really gets real, uh, you know, hey, y'all who lose this last one, you know, and I, and I realize that for teams that are in the bottom half of those games, maybe it's, you know, not the funnest thing ever, I, I don't know, maybe it is, but yeah, I think as a fan, I'm all about it, it's really cool, let's, let's make it happen.
0: I think make- it's awesome. I also don't think it's going to happen again. And and what sucks about that is because, you know, it is going to be super hilarious and funny to watch some of these teams play for, you know, fifth place pride and stuff like that. I, the reason why I don't think it's going to happen is because it's going to mess too much with ball prep and worrying about, you know, rankings and placement and things like that. If a team – Feels like through the regular season they're a lock for like the Orange Bowl or something like that or the Alamo Bowl. They don't want to play another game and they get knocked out and then relegated. Maybe not. Maybe they don't even get to play in any kind of bowl after that. I, I just I think if other conferences aren't doing that, I can't see the Big Ten doing it. However, depending on the success of. What happens with this? I mean, if this is a huge ratings bonanza and everybody goes crazy for it and other conferences decide that they want to do it too, then maybe it continues. But that kind of behooves the Big Ten to try to make this a success. because, To me, it kind of feels like a one-off, which sucks because I'm with you. I think it's hilarious and awesome, and they should definitely keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and if you're um, going to do – I mean, my thing about it is if you're going to do – you know, eight conference games or whatever it is. You know, we're going to do nine conference games. Like that's that's a cool way to make it the ninth conference game. I yeah. You know, I, and I think I just think there's a lot of fun to be had with it, and we need more fun. you Yeah. So like we take this so you know, and the playoff era has exacerbated how seriously we take the game of college football. At the end of the day, it should be fun, right? Right. So let's do fun things like this, and and if we're going to play the you know the the Weedier Bowl uh (laughs) why not do something fun like this in in december as well or instead of yeah yeah no i agree i absolutely agree with that you're you're right by the way it probably won't survive for that very reason but yeah
0: but there's potential here well here's the other thing i mean i get rid of a non-conference game just do it just do it just pull the trigger i've said this for years we do not need all the non-conference games that we have in general in college football get rid of one make it more conference-based just replace one with the other I don't you don't have to add games you have to keep adding games you don't need a 20-game season or anything stupid but just get more creative with scheduling and instead of trying to string things out until the end of time because that's really what college football and football in general has tried to do it's like well if something's good then more is better and let's just keep doing that unto infinity that's not possible with the kind of landscape that you're looking at in terms of media and terms of whether people are going to games, you've got to get creative. I think this will be really fun. I hope it's a big success and I hope it influences scheduling in the future. I just, people are so damn stubborn when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I, I really wish they weren't, I wish they would get more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause this is that that's a cool creative idea and it deserves to be able to breathe for more than just one season. Um, so hopefully we get to see that more than just in 2020 but i am not super optimistic um so thank you aaron for sending in that question and again you can send in any questions you want to ask us anything it may be football season and we do love answering football questions but it is called ask us anything so please feel free to ask us literally anything that's on your mind and and we'll delve into it um so that was great thank you for sending that in i'm excited for this week i'm pumped give me an exact game score andy I have to
1: say I put a lot of thought into this, Um, frankly, Johnny. Did a lot of research, as you know I mentioned earlier. SB Plus is one of my favorite metrics for trying to figure out, uh, you know, where I was going to bet in a game if I was going to actually put coin, or when we used to do our staff pool. Uh, So I I looked at the data for both Ohio State and Nebraska, and I came up and figured, okay, on a neutral field, the Buckeyes would be about a 20.3 point favorite. Mm. Uh, You got to factor in home field advantage of that. Normally, you'd say that's a three and a half point advantage, but no crowd. We're going to maybe cut that in half. Uh, so let's call it one and three quarters. Is that right, Math? There, yeah. Let's just say one and three quarters. That <laughs> takes us up to about, uh, call it, 22 points better than the Huskers. Okay. Now, now that would mean that the Buckeyes wouldn't cover because they're 27 point favorites. So I say, Correct. well, maybe the betters know, and so I kind of calculated that in. And then when I got down to where I draw the line, I'm ready to come up with my total. I said. Screw it. I'm going 73-7 because that's 73-7. What, that's what Clemson put on Georgia Tech over the weekend. And I'll be oh, okay. if I want to see Ryan Day do worse than Dabo Swinney and uh, the Clemson uh, Tigers. So seventy-three seven, book it. Buckeye's gonna roll all over the fight in Scott Frosts.
0: Okay. That's damn. That would be a hell of a thing. I don't think they're going to get quite to that point, but I do think you might see something in the realm. This is, this is my, this is my actual prediction. I want to say 51 to 14. That's what I think. I think you see 51, 14. You might see an early touchdown and then maybe a garbage time one that they give up. And then the rest is just Ohio state kind of rolling. Um, so, yeah, what, will, round,
1: what will be interesting would be to see how many quarters of the game Justin Fields actually plays.
0: Yes. And that's the thing where I, you know, I could see it being like a 43 14 game, right. Where they just say, okay, well we're up by 30 and it's the third quarter. So we're done. And they just, they, they pull in the horse and they say, okay, we're good. We don't want anybody getting hurt. We want to make sure this is, you know, this is a shortened season, but it's still a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and, and they, you know put in a guy like a serious question
1: though can they afford to do that
0: if they win by 30 plus yes yes they can afford to do that as long as they're winning by impressive numbers i think that's fine They, they cannot they have to win impressively and that's something that we've talked about before as well but impressively to me honestly like if you're winning by four touchdowns, that's pretty damn impressive, in my opinion. And they're also going to get credit for playing the Big Ten, even if some of these you know teams are not any good. You know, even if Nebraska turns out to be one of the worst teams in the country this year, um, Ohio State's still going to get credit because they're Big Ten teams. So I don't think they have to beat them by 60. I think they just have to beat them convincingly and do that every week, and they'll be fine. So... Yeah, they could win. I mean, look, if they win like 40 to like 15 or something like that, or 40 to 17 or whatever, that's not amazing. But I still think that'll be enough for voters to keep Ohio State in the top like three. So I would prefer, again, like something what you said. But um, I don't think they have to do that to stay in the conversation. So. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. And hopefully Ohio State, you know, puts on another insane shellacking on Nebraska, as is tradition. And we'll be back here next time to dissect what hopefully will be an incredible Ohio State win and to see what the rest of the Big Ten did. Um, But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next week.